CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hey everyone, I'm Ian DeBorha, and welcome to IMDb's Movies That Changed My Life, a podcast where your favorite stars break down the films that made them who they are today. This week's guest is director, producer, and screenwriter Zack Snyder. You know Zack is the director of films like Zack Snyder's Justice League, 300, and Man of Steel, but you can see his new film, Army of the Dead, on Netflix right now. Zack and I talk about how Arthurian legend influenced the movies he makes, returning to the zombie genre after 17 years, and the movies that changed his life. If you're enjoying the show and haven't given us a review yet, please do and join the conversation on social media with the hashtag Movies That Changed My Life. Thanks again for listening. Here's Movies That Changed My Life with Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder, thank you so much for joining Movies That Changed My Life. Uh, I'm a big fan of your films. I'm honored for you to join me. How's it going today? It's going great. How are you doing? Good, good. Uh, so I was lucky enough, I got a chance to watch Army of the Dead, which is your new film uh, that actually just came out on Netflix by the time this airs. It would already be available to stream. But for those who haven't uh, had a chance to watch it yet, can you tell me what Army of the Dead is all about? Yeah, Army of the Dead is a zombie heist movie, if there is such mm-hmm. a genre. Um, we might have invented it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a uh, zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, and the government builds a wall around the city to trap the zombies inside. And then sometime later, one of the casino owners hires sort of a team of zombie killers to go into the abandoned city and get the money out. And the only thing they have to be afraid of is the zombies. And of course, the humans, because the humans will screw you every time. Of course, of course. I mean, it's not a zombie film if there's not a human screwing someone over, right? I mean, that's absolutely, part of, basically part uh, of the DNA. <laughs> no, no, that's that's a trope that you got to yeah. go all the way with. Yes, of course. Um, I mean, let's talk about your amazing cast. It's it's great to see such a diverse cast. I mean, putting that just like right from the top, we have yes. Dave Bautista, Amari Hardwick, Anna De La Rigera, uh, Theo Rossi. Uh, what was it like compiling this group of actors for this film? Well, the way I did the casting was exactly like in the film. I drove around to their houses and I would pitch them. No, that is not how I did it. But that would be cool. It would have been cooler. And then they'd be like, you son of a b- I'm in. Um, I would just have a couple, like a piece of, you know, production art. And I would show it to them and they'd be like, all right. Looks risky. Looks risky, but I'm in. But that's not the way I did it. I should have done it that way. That would have been yeah, cool you for, this, yeah. for this interview. Maybe for now I should just say I did it that yeah, way. Yeah, method casting, um, right? That's yeah, what, that's, that's cool. Like, I find them somewhere. They're like out to dinner and I'm like, hey, Batista, Zack Snyder, 
you want to put the acting pants back on and go, <laughs> go make a movie. I don't know, something that sounds crazy. But, um, but yeah, but, but what we did do was, of course, with Dave, I got, Dave I've been a fan of, and I, I wanted to work with Dave, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to do it, actually. I, I mm-hmm. called him, and I said, Dave, you want to do this zombie movie? He was like, no, nah, I'm not really, no, I don't think so. And then I said, but I wasn't finished. It's got a lot of heart. And he was yeah. like, wait a minute, what do you mean? So I, I, he read, I literally, he read the script and then he called me back immediately and he said, okay, I didn't realize, I, I'm, I'm, I didn't know. And I said, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> um, and then the rest of them, you know, look, I had this idea that, for one, you know, the movie takes place in, you know, the southwest of America. And so there's a mm-hmm. huge um, Latino influence, you know, culturally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I always say, like, my native... The food, when I, whenever I'm anywhere in the world, I eat Mexican food, that's my food. That's the food mm-hmm. of my, that's my cultural, that's yeah. the food. Like, I'm not, like, if I was from Italy, I'd say, you know, I eat Italian food, but I'm from Southern sure. California. So yeah. that's, that's the food. <laughs> um, and I love it more than anything, by the way. I can't, I can't live without it. So, um, you know, I just wanted there to be that influence to be really strong in the film, you know, and, um, and Raul do an amazing job. Um, mm-hmm. in the movie and really represent amazingly well. And then they're cre- incredible. And they're, they're also really funny and fun and great actors and everything about it is perfect. And then Amari, you know, I needed a philosopher and he felt like the perfect, <laughs> the perfect uh, guy for the job and, and, and doesn't disappoint. Um, and he's not too bad with it, with the giant saw either. You know, he, yeah. <laughs> he will saw you in half. Yeah. There's a lot of really fun, like, zombie violence, Zack Snyder violence. I mean, from the get-go, I mean, there's a classic Zack Snyder-esque intro and prologue to the film with the the opening credits and the cool music hits. And uh, it reminded me that, you know, people, in case they don't know, your first feature film, 2004, Dawn of the Dead, and, you know, however many years ago that was, that was 17 years. Like, what have you learned or what is something you are excited to bring? Also as a pretty cool... Also, it's a pretty yeah. cool title sequence, yeah. Amazing title sequence. Uh, what have you learned since then that you were like excited to bring into into this one? Uh, nothing, absolutely nothing. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, I I don't. You know, you don't really think about it in those terms. You know, you don't go like, oh, how am I smarter? What can I do better? Like, I don't. You know, I didn't do that. I probably should have. Um, <laughs> but your instincts probably are a little bit better. You know what I mean? Like my. Yeah. I think the basic way I think about constructing a scene. Um, writing, writing, all of that stuff. I'm just better at, you know. Just had more practice, more cuts, and I've taken more cuts. Um, and so I, I operate. I was the DP and also camera operator, right. and so um, the, the group was a lot smaller. And it was great. It was a great experience. And I think maybe in the end, I just was um, the way I've changed is like in, in this case, I was just like, okay, well, I'm just gonna get really deep in it. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get in the quicksand, and I'm gonna take a swim. And it's going to be fun. And it was, and it really, and frankly, it was, the, I've said, it was my favorite sort of cinematic experience you know, mm. as far as, you know, the way the movie was made and the joy that I had making it. Well, great. I mean, it comes off on the screen completely. And, and once again, it's out right now on Netflix. So if you haven't had a chance to watch it, go tune in, watch it now for just like, what a way to, to kick off spring and the weather's changing and it's summer. Really, it's, it's really yeah. a summer. You know, the cool thing about it, I think the thing that Netflix has been amazing and Netflix has been an amazing partner. One of the things is that like, you know, I made this movie. I thought this was going to be relatively like 
small movie. You know, it's kind of just, <laughs> sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, yeah. just like a zombie romp and we could keep it kind of small. But they, to their credit, they liked the movie and mm-hmm. they were like, no, this is a, like, we're going to turn this into like a summer blockbuster. Yeah. And so we're going to pull out all the stops and just go for it. And that's pretty cool. And they have quite yeah. a little distribution platform. I don't know if you're familiar with the way it yeah. works, but uh, they <laughs> push a button and 220 million people or however many uh, have the movie on their TV. So you yeah. should enjoy it because, uh, you know, we, we a, had a... It's a ton of fun. It's a, it's a ton it, of fun to watch. It really yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really fun watch. Once again, out now on Netflix. Go check that out. Uh, but let's jump into the two movies that we're yes. going to discuss today that changed your yes. life. Very exciting to talk about both of these. Uh, we're going to go in chronological order, if that works for sure. you. Yeah, better. Cool. So we'll kick it off with 1981's Excalibur. It has a 7.4 out of 10 with 58,000 ratings on IMDb. Directed by John Borman. Written by Thomas Mallory, Rospo uh, Pallenberg, and John Borman. Starring... Nigel Terry, Helen Mirren, Nicholas Clay, Sherry Lungi, Paul Jeffrey, Gabriel Byrne, Liam Neeson, Catherine First Borman. movie, right? Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. And Liam Neeson's yeah. first movies. And, and the plot synopsis, according to IMDb, is Merlin the Magician helps Arthur Pendragon unite the Britons around the round table of Camelot, even as dark forces conspire to tear it apart. Uh, so talk to me. Um, yeah, that's When was the first much. time you watched? Patrick <laughs> yeah. Stewart also. Patrick Stewart also, correct, yeah. It's the boy um, king! That's how you, you know. <laughs> uh, when was the first time you watched Excalibur? Saw Excalibur in the movie theater. Um, that was uh, an R-rated movie. I'm not sure that you, uh, if, you, mm-hmm. if you've if you seen the movie, it's very yeah, R-rated. Yeah, yeah, I watch it. Yeah, very R-rated, yeah. Incredibly R-rated. Um, I was uh, a freshman in high school, uh, going into my freshman year of high school. So, um, you know. Shouldn't have been, but my friend and I, they just let us in to um, see Excalibur. <laughs> and I remember uh, it just blew my mind from the first, you know, look, Arthurian legend is a tricky place to go. But the truth is that John Borman um, and this movie really distills down, I think, Arthurian legend to kind of its real kind of core essence. And it really is the kind of the purest mm-hmm. look at it. That you that you're gonna find sort of cinematically, you know, there's been a bunch of remakes of King Arthur, you know, right. all over the place, and people are constantly trying to do that that world, and um, it goes too far one way or the other. Whether it's too much like, oh, the Romans were really here, so there's all this Roman. You're like, no, I don't want to see that. I want to see freaking, <laughs> I want to see knights. Yeah. <laughs> or like, let's have more magic, and I'm like, no, right. I don't need more magic. I have the perfect amount of magic. You know, like Excalibur has the perfect amount of magic. It's not too much magic. Like you buy, like it's, Merlin's magic is not insane. You know, it's just right, the right. Magic. Like the, the the dragon is like coming, calling in fog, right? Like yeah, it, yeah. Not summoning exactly. a full dragon, right? Kind of based real yeah, like, yeah, based on based on like natural elements that you might sure. see in the world. Right. And you know, it's uh, whatever Uthos, Bethos, Delphia, Dembe, whatever the charm of making <laughs> is that they use. Yeah. I've seen the movie a couple times. So yeah, and um, you get this, but you get this. Also sort of primitive England at its most kind of mythic set in some impossible Middle Ages that doesn't really exist if you sort of trace like what the armor design really was or where they really were. But it's, it is exactly what you imagine. Yeah. And the reason it's so 
cool to me is like it's the England of mythology. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's King Arthur of mythology, and uh, it's like a great myth kind of made real. And I and and that's what really blew my mind about it when I saw it. Well, I didn't know that I loved right. that about it, but it really got me. You know. So, you know, when I saw this was on your list, my and then I I watched it, my immediate reaction was 300 your film 300 has excalibur like kind of written all over it like sure it's it's a historical epic that is like stylized and uh you know retells a story that has been told but it seems like um you know you wanted to put your own like I don't, like your own spin on it and make it something like really true to you because Excalibur, I think what stands out is that Borman clearly had his vision and like set out and did it. You know, he, he makes this two and a half hour Arthurian epic. And like, rather than doing one part of like, just like getting all the Knights around table, he literally goes through the all life the of, all the way through. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. you know, did you have it's any, for, yeah, it's conception to the death of King Arthur. Right. Literally. Which is, which is wild. Which so is cool. Did, it's awesome. Do you have any like when you're writing or 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 thinking about bringing 300 to film? Um, was there any Excalibur inspiration in you at all? There is Excalibur is all over 300. It's all over all my movies. If, even just like when Superman kills uh, Doomsday, yeah, it's basically the same way that Arthur and uh, Mordred kill each other um, <laughs> at the end of Excalibur. Right. But, um, yeah. But anyway, but yes, so 300, yes. Um, I uh, certainly was inspired by that kind of stylization, um, you know, in this kind of sword and sandals, although in our case, in their case, it's sword and armor. Mm-hmm. But in my case, it was sword and sandals. But the way the fights are rendered and just the, the, mytho- the mythology surrounding, surrounding them, yeah, absolutely inspired uh, by Excalibur. And remain expire, inspired by it. I, I think that my the the way it's affected me has changed over the years. In that mm-hmm. it has become uh, much more. Um, I used to think the fighting was cool and things like that, and now I just think the sort of mythology is cool. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Do you take like, um, I mean, obviously people who are listening, I'm sure know. I mean, obviously with Justice League and Batman v Superman uh, and, and Watchmen and all these superhero films that you have done. Yes. Um, in, in what ways do you take like Arthurian legend and have you put that like inspiration into, let's say, Batman 
uh, or, or Batman v Superman or Justice League? Do you have you any parallels you've pulled like as you're writing those stories? Well, absolutely. I mean, I think um, just Batman creating the Justice League could easily be King Arthur. Like we have on the wall, I was like, these are the guys. Like Superman is King Arthur. Really, I mean, if you if you do it, Batman is Lancelot. You know, like mm. you can kind of yeah. Get, there's a version where, and really in Justice League, those roles are reversed and. Superman is Lancelot and Batman is Arthur. Um, you can play that game as well. And it's, it really, it, it rolls out pretty, pretty well, mm -hmm. you know, because Superman is always that kind of, he's a chaste figure normally. Um, mm -hmm. He's sexually active, let's yeah, say, yeah. but not yeah. like, he's <laughs> yeah. not, he's not playing the field a ton. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, but, but that kind of counters the sort of like this purity. Yeah. That you want mm -hmm. it, sometimes it surrounds Superman as a character, you know, that sure. he is, he's sort of seen as this Christ figure or this Lancelot figure that's kind of sworn to the quest, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like that, mm -hmm. that notion that like, that's first for him, yeah. you know, relationships come second, you know, he's not really in it for himself, you know, he's in it right. for, for the kingdom, if you will. So yeah, right. so yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, and we do play that game all the time. I also just love the imagery of the movie. And also just the way it's very sexually kind of interesting that the way that the sex and death and sex mm. and honor, everything's mm -hmm. kind of bound together in this really, because you think like with a story like King Arthur, that it would be kind of a chaste movie as well. Like sure. It's kind of like you think, oh, you know, it's a lot of courtly love. Like if you're sworn, a lady could drop you a handkerchief and you would go, you know, to war over that for, you know, and die <laughs> for it, you know, and that would be... That's about as close as you would get to like, you know, sealing the deal, I guess, is how the kids would say. Um, right. But like, you know, and, that, and that's fine. And like, that's cool. But I feel like this movie and John Borman really kind of explores sexuality in, in, in its relationship to it really and, and betrayal, you know, mm, and those, mm -hmm. those really amazing the themes of, of, you know, why is Guinevere, why doesn't she love? Um, Arthur as much as mm -hmm. she loves Lancelot. Lancelot, yeah. You know? And there's a thing yeah. at the end, you know, where he goes to Guinevere and she's in the, at the nunnery, you know, <laughs> yeah. after, after yeah. the affair and she's kept Excalibur and he, she gives it to him and he says, you know, I, I, I hadn't held out hope that you might have it, that it might be in your care. And then she's like, yeah. And then basically he asks for her forgiveness, you know, for, mm -hmm. and, and what he says is that he had to be king first. Right. And, you know, he imagines that, and I'm not 100% sure this is why, but he imagines that the reason why she went to Lancelot was because he had to love the country first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so she was always kind of second, mm -hmm. you know, in his heart to yeah. being king. He says, and I could come to you and we could be just man and wife. Right. Yeah, I mean, the movie just has, obviously, just on the surface layer, it could just be about, like, knights and, and fighting. But right, when you're course, watching it, there's just so many layers of yeah. depth for every character. Even though there are so many characters, um, you know, the benefit of the long runtime is that you get to spend time with all these people. And even if you're only getting snippets of the story, you're still able to piece, like, everything together into why characters... I mean, some characters aren't introduced until the third act, and all of a sudden you care about, like, what their quest is. Final question here before we move on to your next movie. Would you ever 
uh, direct a, a Arthurian legend film? Yeah, I would love to. I, I've been working on a um, kind of a retelling of the Arthurian legend sort of okay. set in the American West. You know, because my, my thesis was when I was sort of, you know, I've been working on this idea is that I tried to take Arthurian legend, which is literally the mythology of another people. Right. Like I'm not English. And so right. I, I, but I love that mythological story. And so I thought, oh, what if I superimpose it over like the American West and just try and make it like the mythology of America, the, right. or, or frankly, the mythology that I grew up with and see if I can't make those things work, you know? And so also one thing I will say though, that you've got to understand yes. is go look also at all the John Borman movies. Mm -hmm. um, John Borman is like one of my favorite directors of all time. He is like a legit, like legend. Deliverance, hope and glory. Just uh, a genius filmmaker. So, yep. so my, my point is that like, you kind of got to know that it's Borman when right. you watch Excalibur. So like, you got to know you're getting it. Like, it's not right. just knights, like knocking the shit out of each other. You knew there would be the deeper bit, you know? And, and speaking of directors where you're going to go into the movie ex knowing you're going to get something, We'll go on to your second pick, which is uh, David Lynch's 1986 Blue Velvet, which is a 7.7 .7 out of 10 and 184,000 ratings on IMDb, written and directed by the great David Lynch, starring Isabella Rossellini, Kyle MacLachlan, Dennis Hopper, and Laura Dern. Um, the synopsis is, The discovery of a severed human ear found in a field leads a young man on an investigation related to a beautiful, mysterious nightclub singer and a group of psychopathic criminals who have kidnapped her child... <laughs> That is a great synopsis of Blue It's Velvet. a really great synopsis. I, I, that puts a smile on my face. That's synopsis, <laughs> I will say. Um, yeah, that's the movie. Yeah. That's the movie. Um, that's the movie. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So um, what years again? It's 1986. 86, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just arrived in film school in out here in um, Los Angeles, California at uh, the... Um, Art Center College of Design, right up the mm -hmm. hill from my house. And, you know, I go see this movie in a matinee. I remember I saw it in a matinee. The theater was pretty empty. And I guess the marine layer must have been socked in when I walked in. But when I walked out, it was like just hot California sun, bright afternoon. And I was like, geez, did I just live a life? Did I just, <laughs> am, I, am I me? Am I like, what, what happened? Am I Kyle MacLachlan? Like what happened? Like, am I, what, <laughs> I, is there a severed ear on the ground around here? Because I am literally shaking from that movie. Um, and that movie is like one of those, here's the, the genius of that movie and, the, and, and Lynch's movies, in my opinion, and I can't get enough of it, is the tone of the movie. The tone of the movie is so particular it's mm -hmm. undescribable. It transcends the synopsis by so far. All at once, you get like, um, you know, this kind of theater. There's this kind of feeling of of a construct reality mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that might let you off the hook a little bit, maybe. Candy-colored clown, uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Love you get a love letter from me, right? You're f forever, you know, like that stuff is just 
like I don't know where I am in this again it's like weird American mythology right yeah and um so you have this like stylized world it's almost like watching an animated movie in some ways where like you think your suspension of disbelief will mm. like be held out by the style and instead right. it's it is literally enhanced enhances or it right it, it's like a, it's like putting up a magnifying glass on on the sun and like right. the world is now like this hot white beam of light that you're just blinding <laughs> It's it's um it's unbelievable. I mean, similar to Excalibur, when you pick this, I was like, I mean, obviously a David Lynch is in your list of movies because similar in the way that you could watch a David Lynch movie or a Borman movie for that matter on mute and you can know who's directing it. Oh yeah. You could you could do that with your films. I mean, you can not you can put it on mute, you don't know who watches it, but you just put it on and like stylize there. So was there like Lynchian like the way he does his films and TV shows, did that inspire you to like in your writing and how you want to put your trademark on your films? I think it does in that, you know, Lynch should give you confidence in your, I always say, my main thing I say to film students, people are like, well, what, do, what, like, how do I make a movie? Like, what mm-hmm. do I, what should I do to make a movie? And I was like, well, Let's put it this way. I always say, listen, you have one skill set, really, in the end. You have one thing, and that's your point of view. That's it. Like, There's mm-hmm. no right way to make a movie. There's no right scene. There's no right movie. Movies aren't right. They're, they're, they are. And right. I think that, that that lesson from Lynch is so strong. Yeah. It's so um, clean. He doesn't waver. All he does is like pure. It feels so pure. And like from one particular, you are literally transported into a point of view that is so particular. Like, I don't know how you couldn't, you wouldn't like it. It's too awesome. Yeah, Um, I mean, it's incredible. Do you think Lynch, like obviously visually is influential? How about like the way he writes? Like he has a very dark sense of humor that I think a lot of people put on your films. I, well. I, 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 I love it. I'm inspired by like such a master of tone, you know, and mm-hmm. I do there. I do like a little bit of dark humor. I mean, people don't think I do, but I do. <laughs> um, I really, I really enjoy it. I think army, if you see army, you'll realize there's a yeah. lot of, there's yeah. a lot of funny bits in it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and also the way he plays with the horrific, you know, is really like, he's not afraid of like, you know, some real violence. But like, you know, it's like Peckinpah, you know, like Peckinpah, mm-hmm. you, there's like a, I think there's a quote from Peckinpah where he says that like, you know, I'm a student of violence because I'm a student of the human heart, which mm. I think is a really, um, and I think that that kind of, with Lynch, I think, you know, he's teaching us about ourselves a lot of the time in right. a mythological way, like how you react to it, you know, like he'll put something on the screen that is meant to like, you know, make Shock. you yeah. like, yeah, like really like recoil but like you find yourself leaning in you know it's right it's pretty cool yeah it's like a magic trick almost it really is so you came today you wanted to talk about excalibur and blue velvet and so our traditional final question on this podcast is do you see a through line between the two movies as to why you want to talk about them today both movies kind of pulled me uh pulled me in directions you know like you can see a movie and it washes over you right Mm -hmm. and you enjoy it and it's cool and you liked it and you would tell your friends to see it 
but it didn't change you. It didn't, it didn't pull you. It didn't like, like, it's like, you know, a tide sweeping out and it just like drags you into the ocean. Like mm. that, um, those two movies did that to me. And I think because both movies caught me at this kind of point in my life where I was developing or I was thinking and I was constantly into imagery and how to tell a story and all those things. Because at the time I was shooting, always shooting my Super 8 movies. I was doing like, even in high school, when I was a freshman in high school, I was shooting movies the whole time, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I just really, those movies, and I would say Excalibur first because it opened a door of imagery to me that I thought was amazing. And then I think Blue Velvet because it it showed me sort of the power, emotional power of what movies can do to you within this context of like a stylized world which I mm -hmm. thought was really like, it wasn't trying to be, um, you know, the conversation. It was like its own, you were in its a particular world. Right. When you watch these movies and you are a fan of your, someone's a fan of your films, like it becomes so obvious, like that there is like inspiration and, you know, we can thank these movies for the incredible work uh, you've done and given huh. to film fans. Uh, and Appreciate most it. recently for, uh, for Army of the Dead, which again is out right now on Netflix. Uh, any last words about Army of the Dead before we wrap here? One of the reasons you're going to want to see Army of the Dead is because, you know, there's humans and there's zombies. And of course, we talked about earlier, the humans will double cross. <laughs> but there's always the equalizer out there. And in our case, it's zombie tiger. It yes. will take sweet revenge for his fallen comrades. You can't reason with it. You can't. It's not no. going to be It looks kind of nice, but it is not. No, it is not. absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, you, you come for the zombie, and then you're going to stay for the zombie stay tiger. Stay for the tiger, the tiger dessert because it's delicious. Exactly. Zach, thanks so much. This was a ton of fun. I'm, I'm glad we got to talk about these movies. My pleasure. Have a good one. All right. Cheers, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to head over to imdb.com slash podcasts for more content on Zach and to easily add the movies that changed his life to your IMDb watch list.